we go brownies. Here we go. Here we go brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's fry. Represent the land. Let them know. Tell them here we go brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. The Browns come away with a win. I'm Allie Heisel and coming to you live from Steens Ferry, North Carolina. And joined with me, as always, out in beautiful Boise, Idaho, we've got Dustin. Dustin, your Cleveland Browns get their first shutout since when? 2007. Seven. It's a long time ago. Uh, Allie, it was, it was good. Ago. And just for you history buffs out there, the last time the Browns had a shutout was against the Buffalo Bills. Is the last time that that did happen, and that was in the year 2007. Uh, someone let me know, but I think we only allowed 58 yards today of total offense of the Arizona Cardinals today. Uh, this, uh, I, I saw a lot of good things today. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of, I mean, now against not a very good opponent with a f- quarterback that hasn't played ever in the National Football League coming into yeah. a Tough environment after a Browns uh, defense that had a chip on the shoulder. Not probably the best environment, but still, uh, just by the pure point that we made, it is tough to shut out any team in the National Football League. They're all professionals at the end of the day. So the fact that the Browns were able to do this here or anywhere uh, is quite a feat, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. The Browns come away 27 to 0 on the day. Now, look, it wasn't particularly pretty. Um, I don't think... Uh, offensively, especially there, there was some things that you're like, okay, well, you know, this is easy to watch because we're winning. Um, if the Browns had been on the losing end of this, we'd be having a really difficult podcast, but nonetheless, the Browns come away with a win. That's great. We'd love to talk about it, but how about your Cleveland Browns defense? Dustin, I, I think that this is one of the best performances that we have seen um, from the Browns defense. I just want to talk about this. They had seven sacks on the day, 10 tackles for loss, eight pass deflections, 10 quarterback hits, two interceptions, and one fumble. That's insane. Yeah, and if you think about it, they pretty much dominated the game from the snap till the end of the game. Uh, They were a very inspired group today. And I will say this. uh, They just didn't – I think they just had a mission today that they weren't going to allow the Cardinals to be a part of this game uh, Mm -hmm. at all and, and not even have a factor in this game. And I was like, well, if the Browns score a field goal at one point in this game, I'm like, we're still going to win the game, I felt like, just because this game was so dominant on that side of the field um, from our defense. Now, I will say I think the offense played better than I've seen in a while, and I guess where I'm kind of going with this, yeah, clearly Deshaun's had a couple weeks off, right? Obviously, we saw that little bit of rust, but, man, he had some beautiful throws to – to Amari Cooper in this football game for 50 plus yards uh, on the money. And I want to see more of that, right? That's the, the Sean that we paid all that money to, to be able to get guys like that down the field open. And, you know, he, he scrambled when he needed to, when the offensive line was a little shaky at times, you know, cause they were bringing the pressure. I liked that. You know, I think he'll, he'll continue to improve. Um, I saw him get more and more confident as the game went on, but I think the offense really didn't have to show a lot today. They ran the ball quite a bit. Um, I am starting to think that the Browns have a secret weapon here 
with a three-headed monster at running back uh, with the likes of Ford, uh, Strong, and uh, Hunt. This could be a really dangerous group of guys kind of with a different look and just rotating those guys in with fresh legs. It just seems like we were able to kind of do what we wanted in the run game today as well. Actually, uh, I don't agree with that. Um, I I think that I, with the run game, yes. Um, and I, I, I want to be clear. I, I want to enjoy this win. That's what this postgame show is for. We're celebrating. It's Victory Monday tomorrow. We've got a lot of really good things to talk about. But, you know, we don't do this show to be, you know, just sugarcoat everything. Um, I thought that the quarterback play was actually quite poor. And I think that we are well, well, well beyond the fact, beyond the point of calling it rust. Um, I think it's unfair to call it that. Um He's had plenty of time to get it figured out. However, he's coming off of an injury, so I want to be patient with him. Um, but there is something not right um, with the throwing mechanics. Something is off. Uh, and I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, we hope to continue to see him improve. Um, but at the end of the day, it it didn't look quite right. Uh, I think they got lucky uh, in some of the sense that you're going up against – sorry, guys. Uh, you're going up against a – a poor opponent uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Sure. Um, thankfully, thankfully, you get car- garbage time in this game. And I think that that's what Deshaun Watson really needed. He needs reps. He can't get better without reps. And unfortunately, with his health and everything that's gone on this season, he hasn't been able to get real game time reps in a big way. Um, right. So having garbage moments to kind of be able to build his confidence back up um, is is really important and, you know, very valuable going into this next week. Uh, but just taking a look at it here, Deshaun was 19 of 30 for 219 and two touchdowns on the day. Um, he was he was sacked, you know, average rating of uh, 107.5. So like the numbers like read well, but I mean, if you watch the game, I, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that Deshaun Watson looked great. He didn't. Um, and even in the run game, I, I think that you've got something in Kareem Hunt. You know who he is. You know what he does well. Browns, uh, the offense is is kind of leaning into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But ultimately, uh, I wasn't too impressed with some of the execution on the offensive side of the ball today. But again, it's a lot easier to say that with a win um, because it's things are easier to correct when you come away with a win. Uh, a lot easier to podcast about it when you come away with a win. But yeah. Uh, a little bit of luck with some of the scoring today. Uh, I think that there's some things that you want to see get improved, but much, much easier to, to do that coming uh, off of a win. Yeah, and I would say, I don't know, anytime a quarterback gets over 100 in the quarterback you know, rating, I feel good about that. That means he had an efficient football game. Um, I think he had 123 against Tennessee. Those are two of the games that I look at during this season where he had really good games. And then he had really, you know, kind of poor games against Cincinnati um, and Pittsburgh, right? Those were his two. So you can kind of go, he's two for two in that sense, right? He had two good games, two bad games this year. And I would kind of just throw the Colts game out. Clearly he was hurt and was not even up to par in that Colts game. And that's why, and that's why he played four snaps, but I don't know. I just think he, I'm going to pause the breaks because I want to see a full season from Deshaun Watson. And I haven't seen that yet. Right. You know, I'll, I'll grade him at the end of the year after he's went to Baltimore, played the Ravens, right. He hasn't really played the Ravens, right. You know, our division foes Um, when he comes back and he plays the rate or the Steelers at home, I'll judge him after that. I will judge him at the end of the season when I get a full body of work and kind of be able to look and see what we got here. Um, I think he's, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's seven and 
three as a starter with the Browns. So, I mean, it's not like he's terrible in, in the start category. So, I don't know. I'll wait till the end of the year to see. I just want to see consistent improvement the rest of the year, right? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see this up, down, up, down with football games because that's what we all argued ad nauseum about Baker Mayfield, right? Like, Baker looked great today. Baker looked like crap today. Baker looked great today. And we did that. Well, it seemed like every week we we're debating – you know, which Baker are we going to get to there, right? So I think as we go through this season, I do want to see Deshaun just steadily improve and get better and get more confident, to your point, Allie, with his mechanics and make sure that that gets right, you know, uh, as the season goes on. I do feel that it will. I just feel like today I saw something come different that he felt very confident throwing that deep pass, right? Even even late in the game, which, by the way, we didn't even have to throw that deep one late in the game. We were well in control of that football game when he took that one and threw it to Amari deep. We were, we didn't even have to do that play to be honest with you. And we still uh, chucked it downfield. So I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he improved. I, I think he will improve as the season goes on. Um, he does have a competitive spirit in him. And I think he'll try to prove that he is the quarterback that he's supposed to be. Um, and we're going to need him to be right. Ali at the end of the day, we're going to need him to be that quarterback if we're going to have a chance to make the playoffs this year as we're squarely in that 6-5 seed spot right now as the season goes on. Um, and we're at the halfway point, right? It's We're 5-3. We're, we're eight games into this season. Uh, you know, this is kind of the midway point where we kind of grade the team. They're above yeah. average, right? They're, they're The defense, clearly. They're 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 out of the ballpark, right? They're still the number one ranked defense um, as before I came on this podcast. Number two is the Ravens, which will make for a very interesting matchup next week. So it'll be interesting to see the defense. I think will stay steady the rest of the year, and the offense just has to improve, right? At the end of the day, it just has to. We need to see more from the offense and just more consistent play because I think we've seen some very uneven play from the offense this year. So I just want to see that continue in the right direction. Um, because if we're going to be a playoff team, it has to be right. The defense will will us to games, but we have to score enough points to be in those games. Right. And I think we're going to have to score enough points next week against the Ravens if we're going to be able to do that. So I don't know what we're going to see from the Ravens game next week. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, guys, if you are looking for a place to live, head on over to KND. It is your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and also corporate housing. Find your dream home at KND. Visit KND.com to get started. That is the letter K, the word and, the letter D.com. Um, let's get into the stats from today's game, and this is brought to you by our good friends over at... From the Couch is brought to you by the Cleveland Furniture Company. All right, let's get into it. So we talk about Deshaun Watson. He was 19 of 30 for 219, averaging 7.3, um, two touchdowns on the day. Now, some some of which you could say was luck, had a, a pass deflected. Mari Cooper came down with it because of Mari Cooper. Played very good today. He was five for 139. <laughs> um, one touchdown, his longest on the day was 59. Uh, and he was targeted five times. So five, five targets, five receptions, had a great day. Uh, let's talk about David Njoku. Finally being able to see that connection between Deshaun Watson and David Njoku, mm -hmm. which has been lacking up until this point, force-fed him. Um, they kind of force-fed him the ball here and there. Njoku, uh, four – sorry, hang on one second. Four receptions for 26 yards. Um, I have to get off of ESPN because do, do you ever – click on ESPN and an ad plays. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but all I could hear in my headphones was the Burger King Whopper commercial. 
Hey, they're not, they're not a they're not a sponsor. No, no we don't. No, no free advertisements on this game. But they kind of force fed the uh, the ball to David Njoku, which I like to see um, because honestly, Dustin, we haven't we haven't really seen that connection um, mm-hmm. so far this season. Really, it's been Amari Cooper. He's been the heart and soul of this offense since Nick Chubb went down. But nice to see uh, Njoku get some love there as well. I want to talk about the rushing game. You mentioned the three um, three headed monster in Pierre Strong, Jerome Ford, and Kareem Hunt. What did you see out of the the running backs today? Well, especially from uh, just Kareem is just a hard runner, right? We know this from just from watching him for several years now. But Kareem is just a hard runner, physical, wants the ball, wants to hit somebody. Um, so kind of like a wrecking ball. And then Pierre Strong, you know, what I saw from him was kind of more the, I don't know, very more acrobatic kind of out there finesse running. And then, again, Ford, another hard runner. So it was just interesting to watch, depending on the play and the amount of yards they had to get, it seemed like they were – Stefanski was actually calling a good game, like which running back he wanted in on that play based on what the situation was. Right. Um, and I saw, I knew for, for instance, uh, I'll just get back to this play. And I just remember this from being in Seattle um, and remind me Ali, who number 53 is, but they made him eligible as a fullback. It was fourth and one and the Browns went for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I was like, this is going to be a first down. Every time they make 53 eligible, it's a, it's a first down. <laughs> And and Kareem and Kareem totally went in and, and got that first down. So I was like, this is great. I just I liked the play calling today. And I liked at times that Stefanski was a little vanilla with it. Like he didn't really need to shock the world because I don't think he wants to show his whole uh bag of tricks before the Ravens game, clearly, you know, uh, a division opponent. And I think he knew if he just played bully ball today. I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like the Browns just played bully ball today. Like, hey, we're the better team. We have yeah. the better athletes, and we're just going to push you around today. And so I think we really didn't have to do anything crazy. And we did some plays here and there, some, you know, passes to Mari and stuff like that. But I don't think we needed to really do anything crazy today, right? Um, but I did like to see that Deshaun was definitely throwing the ball deep. Um, was it Elijah Moore that almost caught that ball way downfield? So there was a couple. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it was right in his hands. Like, it was right literally in his hands. And so I think it was good to see some of that. Um, to build some of that Deshaun Watson confidence going into the rest of the second half of the season. But I just think from the running back room today, I just thought it was a good mix. We had guys in there when we needed. We mixed the the plays up, and it looked good. It looked good from every sense of the word. I liked how we mixed up and when we had them in there. And I liked that we did mix it up, to be quite honest with you. I enjoyed seeing some different uh, play and style from those guys. Yeah, just to talk about Kevin Stefanski here, um, the best record by a head coach following a loss since 1970 is the following. You've got George Allen, who is 24 and 7, John Madden, who is 22, 7 and 1, and now Kevin Stefanski, 18, um, 18 and 7. So here's the thing with Kevin. Um, I know he's taken a lot of criticism this season and some of it justifiable. Um, however, I thought that the play calling was great today. Um, I think having a little bit of, um, you know, more of a simple offense is a good thing because you, when you're going up against an opponent like the Arizona Cardinals, you can play bully ball dust. And if, as long as you're, you're controlling the clock and, um, dominating the line of the scrimmage, you, you essentially can just sit on them. You know, once you get up, you, you know, you can stay up. This is a team that you can do that again. So it's all about under Kevin. It has been all about stacking wins. 
Um, that has been the issue. But following a loss, he always comes back ready to rock and roll. So you'd like to see that. Um, but getting back to the stats, and hopefully I don't hear that ad once again in my ear because obviously I could not concentrate. Um, that took me out. I almost had to just get off the air for a second. Uh, Jerome, Jerome Ford, uh, 20 carries for 44 yards. Um, Kareem Hunt, 14 to 38, one touchdown. Deshaun Watson rushed it three times for 22 yards. Uh, his longest on the day was 13 yards. And then Pierre Strong, three for nine, for uh, his longest for four. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily a great day uh, from a rushing standpoint. I, I wasn't incredibly impressed. I think that the passing attack was relatively inconsistent and, and poor, to be to be frank. Uh, but we talked about Amari Cooper. Um, he was five for 139. He was kind of the hero of the day. Jerome Ford in the receiving game, five for 33. David Njoku, 26. Elijah Moore, two for 14. Um, he had some big plays ready to go there as well. Uh, and then Cedric Tillman, he was targeted once, uh, one for three. So you're starting to see him get involved a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. – uh, Paid attention to um, him in the blocking game. He was he was there. Uh, but look again. While this wasn't the prettiest offensive performance, you can still come away with it feeling pretty good uh, because you you win twenty seven and nothing. You dominate the Arizona Cardinals, and you're going into a really tough scene next week against the Baltimore Ravens at mm-hmm. their place, which is going to be a difficult uh, a difficult. Well, but we again, see, as when I said, we saw. Hang on. When you come away with a win like this, you can make those adjustments. You can go into it. Coming off of a win, it is much, much easier to make those adjustments before heading into Baltimore. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and if you look what happened to Seattle today, um, boy, uh, they couldn't get anything right today in Baltimore. And I thought that was going to be a much more competitive game, but it just seemed like they just didn't get it going today. And, and, and the Seahawks are a good football team. You know, they're, they're a very they're, good football team. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, as the Baltimore Ravens are real, they're the real mm-hmm. deal and they're going to completely continue. To, yeah. Unfortunately they are the real deal, but I got to tell you, if the Browns go in there and play the kind of defense they can play and we can keep it to a low scoring game, I think the Browns have a chance um next week is uh you know but we're gonna have to talk about we'll probably get into this but some of the injuries that happened in this football game uh for the cleveland browns but uh the defense i think will be ready it's a divisional game they'll be hyped they'll be ready to go in this football game maybe the ravens will give us some bulletin board material this week you know to inspire the defense a little bit i don't know maybe we'll be like that but uh no i just think uh I, i i i really do think this defense you know, eight games in, uh, the man-to-man coverage, the discipline that Schwartz has in these guys, yeah. I got to tell you, like this team, this defense reminds me-esque of some of the Ravens teams that didn't have a great offense, and they just willed teams to wins. They just won games. I mean, let's be completely transparent. The Pittsburgh Steelers' offense is putrid, and they're winning <laughs> football games, right? They're winning football games. And it ain't because of their offense. It's because of their defense, right? And um, it was really interesting. Uh, I think it was Phil Sims today. Uh, No, Boomer Esiason, I think, was talking about. I found it very interesting. And he was talking about the AFC North. He goes, every single team in the AFC North has a great defense. He literally said they are stacked in the AFC North with great defenses. And he goes, if three of those teams make it out of the play into the playoffs, people are going to have their hands full with those teams in the playoffs. I thought that was a very interesting perspective because you can kind of neutralize your opponent in the, in the, in the 
postseason if you have really good defenses. And I just thought that was really interesting. And that's a guy that's played, right? He understands that. So I thought that was really interesting how he said, like, look out for the AFC North, man. Their defenses, they are something to be reckoned with. Huh. So I just thought that was interesting. And look at look at look at how the division is. It's all stacked uh again, stacked like a sandwich, you know, for all the different it was five and three. I mean I mean there's so and you got two losses obviously with the Ravens, but yeah, it's stacked like a like a turkey club, maybe a BLT. But if you don't have stadium mustard in your kitchen this season, you're doing it wrong. The iconic brand, the iconic taste, it is beloved from ballparks to backyards and everywhere in between. Stadium mustard is a smooth brown mustard, rich in both taste and tradition. It is loved by millions. So be sure to head on over to stadiummustard.com to shop now. While you're at it, if you're wondering what you should have for dinner, the answer for you is Angela's Pizza. So be sure to head on over to Lakewood to get your hands on the best pizza in all of Northeast Ohio. They do it right. They start out with a buttery crust and they do double layer toppings. It's great in the restaurant at home. It even just is great the following day. Um, what do you say, Dustin? You want to you want to get into some game balls here? Yeah, but I do have a question, Allie. So I was gonna. So I put a little contest out on our Twitter uh, for some free Angela's Pizza because everybody <laughs> loves Angela's Ooh. Pizza. But guess what happened, Allie? I went through all the scores, and so I'm going to ask you how we have to uh, – there were two people that guessed 27 to 3, which is pretty good. 27 to 3, that was – but they tied. So what do we do, Allie? What do we do in a tie when two people exactly tied for free pizza? Uh, I think we should just give them both a gift card. What do you think? I think think they're both winners. I think they're both winners. Yes. Okay. So, guys, uh, we'll announce that on our Twitter page. But, yeah, 27 to 3, I thought that was pretty good. Two people got – that close to guessing the exact score. Or maybe they can just go to dinner together and share a share a pizza. I think they'd love that. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, let's get into it here. This uh, game balls are brought to you by your friends over at Circle K. Fans, get ready for a sizzling sensation that's about to heat up your taste buds. Circle K is bringing you a hot deal this football season. Introducing Circle K's hot chicken wings. And the best part, the price is as hot as the wings themselves. Pick up six wings for just $5.99 at your local Circle K today. So what are you waiting for? Gather your friends, your family, and anyone else who craves the ultimate wing experience. Circle K, where every deal is hotter than ever before. Here we go, brownies. Only at Circle K. All right, let's get into it here. Let's start out with defense. I thought they played incredible today. I mean, I I read some of those stats to you here at the top, and I'm just going to go through those one more time because I think that they're that impressive. Seven sacks on the day, 10 tackles for loss, eight pass deflections, uh, 10 quarterback hits, two interceptions, one fumble. Um, So I'll turn it over to you, Dustin. Who do you have uh, for your defensive game ball? So if I'm Jim Schwartz and it's a defensive game ball, I take four to five of those footballs and I go right down the defensive line. I hand out every one of them a defensive game ball. Because that unit as a whole was a wrecking machine today. From Tomlinson to Garrett, all of those guys, uh, Smith, were all just a wrecking crew of causing just chaos all day long on mm-hmm. uh, Tune. And he had no, I mean, I, I mean, he was just, he was in trouble all day long. I mean, at one point he was running out of the back of the end zone into the dog pound. He had nowhere to run. So yeah. uh, that was crazy to me. So uh, yeah. I would give it, I would give a defensive game ball to everybody on the defensive line today. All right. Um, I'll, I'll let you have it. Uh, I, I think we need to make sure that we give a whole game ball to somebody, especially in wins, because there's so many good things that come away. Um, Miles Garrett. I'll give it to, okay. All right. Give it to somebody. Miles Garrett. I think that's one of them, right? Because I, I think that we absolutely, we could say that the entire defense gets a game ball and, 
um, in, a, in a sense, I think that they do because you come away with a win. But let's talk about who I'm going to give it to first. Uh, I'm going Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, he had two and a half sacks on the day, two tackles for loss, um, four total tackles on the day. He, he was a, an absolute nightmare in the interior of that defensive line. Um, so I'm going to give mm-hmm. him my game ball. But a couple honorable mentions. Shelby Harris, um, he had an absolute day. He yeah. had two tackles for loss, one sack on the day. Zadarius Smith with some good pressure. Um, he led to the pressure that caused the Denzel Ward interception. Yep. Uh, and uh, – you know, I think that overall, this defensive line, as you mentioned, Dustin, was was absolutely just making Clayton Tune uh, not very confident back there behind his line of scrimmage. Miles mm-hmm. um, Garrett on the day, he had a sack. He was great. Anthony Walker Jr. I thought played very very well. Um, but yeah. it just speaks to the depth. And one player that that really stood out to me for the first time. Um, so far as we we go down this season is Jordan Elliott. I think he's been playing really well and we've been critical of him on this podcast saying, you know, we need to see more from him. We need to see more from him and you bulk up this defensive line. And what are we doing? We're seeing more from him. So really having a good, a good season, um, Jordan Elliott. So yeah, I agree. The entire defensive line could get a game ball, but uh, to be specific here, I'm going to go Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah. And you know, um, I would like to just point out Sione Taki Taki today too. Yep. Uh, he had a great game, got that pick. Uh, he was kind of being just a wrecker in the middle of the field there. Um, it just seemed like the the defense just was poised, and they were just hyping themselves up. Like, they were turning it up more and more as a game. Like, if it was the volume on a television, they were just cranking it as the game went on because I think they just knew that they were just going to keep this. But, I mean, again, 50-some yards of total offense, that just blows me away just in the yeah. sense – I mean, that's like nothing. <laughs> that's like, I just, it's just crazy to me that a team could do that in the modern day of the National Football League. I don't care who you're playing, you know, to only give up 57 yards is, is astounding to me. So, yep, agreed. All right. Offensively, what you got? You know, I got to go with uh, smooth route running Amari Cooper today, man. Yeah. Just looking good down the field, making some tough catches, uh, just being in the right place at the right time today. Uh, I mean, for only having, what was it? You said five receptions, but like 130 some yards of offense is like, uh, that's crazy to me. Like that's not very many with the opportunities he had, he made the most of them. Yeah. Five targets, five receptions, 139 yards, one touchdown. His longest was 59 yards. Um, he is Mr. Reliable. He is your safety net. Good things happen when you get him involved. You know, when we had Nick Chubb, we talked about how he was the heart and soul of this offense. Just give him the mm-hmm. ball. Give him the ball. Now that we don't have him, you need somebody else to step up. And it has been Amari Cooper. When you target him, my goodness, he makes things happen. Not only does he make the elite plays, but he's so good at drawing um, pass interference calls or just penalties in general. So he's such a, a veteran. He's such a smooth route runner. You'd love to see what he's doing out there. So I agree. He deserves it the most. But for the sake of podcasting here, I'm going to go in a separate direction, and I am going to go with David Njoku. I thought he was more involved today. Um, you really liked what you saw from him uh, in the, the run game, um, blocking, and then, of course, pass catching. He was uh, four for 26 and one touchdown. So six targets, four receptions, 26 yards, one touchdown. Good to see him getting involved. Good things happen. When you are able to distribute the ball, really nice to see that today. That's not something that we've really seen in the past where you can just kind of distribute the ball, get the ball into the hands of your playmaker. Um, but really good to see that offensively. And now special teams, um, obviously, I think we can both agree that we are going Dustin Hopkins here. 
Yeah, uh, Dustin Hopkins. I think he only missed one field goal today. Is that correct in the mm-hmm. entire game? So I think that's only three misses on the entire year. That's pretty damn good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And of course, we know he's had multiple uh, kicks over fifty. Um, so yeah, I go Dustin Hopkins. But Ali, I wanted to get your take on this. Um, I believe the guy is uh, remind me of his name. The guy that was uh, returning the kicks. Uh, a new addition to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, today. James Proche. Proche, Proche, uh, yeah. Proche the second. I was just curious. I thought he looked really good out there today. He looked yep. confident. I was just wanting to get your opinion on him because here's a guy that was with the Browns for what just four or five days, yeah. and now he's yeah. and now he's out there on special teams uh, that we picked up um, before the deadline. I'm just curious what your thought your thoughts on him. I thought he looked pretty yeah. good back there. Yep. Um, I want to actually talk about special teams. So really good segue here. Before I get into that, um, I know we just gave a game ball to Dustin Hopkins, um, but I also want to just highlight Corey Bajorquez and how good he's been playing. Yes. Be able to pin t- uh, teams back, um, you know, the one yard line. He's been able to do that consistently this season, but yeah. just being able to flip the field um, does not go unnoticed. So shout out to Corey Bajorquez as well. Um, but yeah, James Roche, I thought he was great. Absolutely had some life in the return game. Um, you know, six for 55 in the return game that was really kind of a sight to see his longest on the day was yeah. 17 yards um so really we saw some life in that position and unfortunately you know we loved donovan people's jones but we didn't see that from him before this season last year yes this season we hadn't um so really enjoyed watching him today but i do want to talk about this i want to talk about the penalties that we're seeing uh on special teams especially on returns Almost every single um, special team's return, whether it's kick or punt return, there's some type of penalty, whether it's block in the back or something like that. I want to talk about that um, because it's it, there's certainly a huge lack of discipline. Yeah, and I don't know. It just seems like that has been the case for the last few weeks. I've noticed that. But, yeah. but it's not good, right? Because that just pins us no. deep, right? I mean, we get a penalty, especially if we have a good – return and bring it out to the 35 or whatever. And then we get a penalty. Um, you know, I, I think as a whole, the special teams unit has been playing well, but the penalties you got to clean up. Um, mm-hmm. I put this in the same category as we've had 17 turnovers this year, right? Um, yeah. We started to clean that up today, right? We didn't see that happen today from the Cleveland Browns. So we were, uh, you know, looking good in that, you know, in the turnover battle, we're starting to flip it the other way. Same thing with penalties. I think it's something we have to clean up. And again, like you said, when you have a good game like this, that's the great thing, Allie, about a, when you win a game decisively, now you can pick it apart. Well, we could have done this better, right? Well, we have to clean up the penalties. You know, uh, this guy could have been open more. You know, why aren't we doing this? So I think this is a week where Vrabel and those guys can get together and they can start to do. Um, yeah, uh, it's true. Uh, but I think we need to just clean up the penalties, right? Like I just. Penalties drive me insane, and we'll get into this um, just on the offensive line. They drive me insane. They drive me insane when they're on special teams because it just kills a play or kills a drive sometimes. So um, that's just my take on it. But that's something – that's your coaching staff that cleans that up and just gets the guys ready for the next game and just you got to clean that up. Yeah, it's a problem. It's becoming a problem. And, I mean, Jason, that's a good point, that they really aren't used to anybody having to return it more than 10 yards. But when you do have a little bit of life back there, um, you have to rely on the other guys to just stick to their assignment, do what they need to do. Um, But it has been a trend this season. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. Um, Hopefully, uh, 
you know, I, I'd be curious to listen to Bubba Ventrone talk about this. Um, yeah, we're not in the locker room to ask those questions post game, right. but I'm sure somebody will. Somebody will. Let's let's hope for either Cameron Justice or uh, Mary Kay to ask that. Uh, <laughs> the program, um, Dustin. Real quick, why don't you tell our listeners about Cleveland whiskey? Well, if you don't have Cleveland whiskey, you're doing it wrong. You need to get the Magic Rabbit, which is the peanut butter chocolate, which is delicious, or mm -hmm. any of their other stuff. Uh, we have the Underground, which is great stuff, and then the Magic Rabbit, of course, is really good. Uh, but ask for it at your local uh, drinking establishments or find it at your local liquor stores in Ohio or go to clevelandwhiskey.com to find it and ask for it if they don't have it in your local drinking establishment. Oh, by the way, uh, also the Christmas uh, – uh, whiskey ale is out now. Uh, the whiskey, not the ale, but the actual whiskey uh, spice stuff is out. And they had their grand opening uh, open house this last weekend, which was super cool. Uh, they invited a bunch of people out and they were selling tickets to that. So I hope that went really well for them yesterday at Cleveland Whiskey. That was uh, a lot of fun. They looked like they were having down there. Cool. Yeah. Sounds sounds like a good time. Um, all right. Let's talk about kind of the good, the bad, the ugly. We talked about the good, which is a win. We talked about the bad, which was, you know, you got to clean some things up on offense. But unfortunately, the ugly. Let's talk about some injuries. Um, Jedrick Wills getting carted off. You hate to see that. And I, I don't yeah. think, uh, unless I am uh, mistaken, but I don't know that we have any update yet. I'm looking no. at literally as we speak. Um, and then also – uh, Marquise Goodwin, he goes out, which looked like a a, a concussion. Um, so, yeah, you know, he was wishing, pretty woozy. He was pretty woozy. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty woozy. Um, so as of right now, I don't think that that we have uh, any update on Jed. But Card is out for Browns. Jedrick Wills, according to Mary Kay, this was obviously in game. Um, was obviously in considerable pain and was in an air cast. So uh, thoughts and prayers go out to those guys. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then Dewan Jones did go down, but he was able to come back. But Dustin, we. We, we always say next man up, um, but, you know, losing your left tackle would be fairly significant, especially on an offensive line that has, has struggled mightily. And, and so is Jet. You know, I want to want to talk about, you know, we've talked about his struggles um, on the offensive line. But, you know, this is a, a, a unit that has seemed to be getting better over the, the past few weeks. So that could absolutely yeah. be detrimental. But you do have James Hudson, who has a lot of experience to be able to come in and, and hopefully fill that role. Yeah, and, you, and to your point, Jedrick Wills was being more consistent with his play the last few weeks. Obviously, yeah. we saw that. But, um, again, I saw a holding penalty today from him, you know, that put us in first and 20. I don't like that, right? Yeah. And then That's if you terrible. look – well, and if you look, we ended up being fourth and five and having to punt on that play. So, again, penalties kick your ass, and they kill drives. I don't like it. You know, so, again – if I'm the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns and I'm looking at this win, yes, enjoy it, savor it, victory Monday, Tuesday, let's clean up the mistakes, let's clean up the holds, let's clean up the penalties. Uh, because when you when you get penalized, you, you not only help your opponent, but you also, to your own detriment, can, can hurt yourself on drives and just stall uh, drives. And, and, and quite honestly, we're going to have to really clean that up against the Ravens next week because I think the Ravens are going to uh, play very disciplined football. And I think we're going to have to be very uh, consistent um, on our side of the ball offensively and make plays happen and not put ourselves in a hole because that's a team that you can't put yourself in a hole in on the road, period. You just can't yeah. um, because okay. they will attack you, they'll exploit you, and they'll win the football game. So mm -hmm. that's one thing you got to do is clean those penalties up. Um, real quick, guys, I want to tell you about our friends over at Lorello Vineyards. Head on over to Geneva. You can get – 
uh, some of the best, the best wine in all of Northeast Ohio. And you can get the official Here We Go Brownies podcast wine. Uh, so head on over to LorelloVineyards.com because it is award winning. So be sure to head on over there. Uh, there you go. Dustin has it on the screen uh, and check that out. Uh, to answer a couple of questions here, Jason, did our defense jump offside? Say yes. I believe it was Mo Hurst um, at one point did jump offsides. Um, so that, that was obviously penalized. Um, let's go around the league, Dustin. How about the Houston Texans? Do you see that? I did. They won, I believe, 39 to 37. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also had a guy go in and kick a field goal that was not a field goal kicker today. That's correct. So that was yep. so that so that's a running a, back. <laughs> yeah, he's a, right. I thought he was a running back that went out and kicked. So obviously he's got some skills from high school or some other collegiate level. He's kicked the I ball around. Him. I can tell you if I did that, it would probably go wide right about in or flutter onto the ground. <laughs> But, uh, no, it was really interesting. Uh, I think the Saints won today, right? They got a win against the Bears, close one. Um, yeah, let's, let's go through it. Chiefs yeah. uh, come out on top in Germany over the Dolphins, 21-14. Vikings, um, Josh Dobbs stepping in after Jaron Hall goes down. Um, Vikings beat the Falcons uh, in Atlanta, 31-28. to um, Bears, Saints, Saints come away with a win, 24-17. Packers over the Rams, 20-3, to my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then Commanders beat the Patriots. Patriots are rough right now, 20-17. to um, We'll go, obviously, we know about the Ravens, 37-3 to over Seattle. Uh, Texans, we know, 39-37 over the Buccaneers. And then currently, um, the Colts are up on the Panthers. The Raiders are absolutely killing the Giants, which is crazy to think. And then a delayed game in Philly uh, where the Eagles are currently up 21-17. Um, isn't that weird fi- that whenever – who, who are the Phillies playing? Sorry. Who are uh, they up on? The Eagles. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys. Oh, they're up 21-17. Okay, that's, that's right. Correct. That's, that's correct. That's a, clo- that's a close game. That's a really close game. Well, it's during – we've got a delay here, so um, – yeah, that's that's something weird day in the league. Uh, I mean, isn't it weird how that whenever you fire a head coach that the next the next week that team always comes out so inspired. I mean, you've got the Raiders up twenty seven and nothing on the New York Giants now. Danny Dimes just went out. Um, looks yes, like he did. A, a pretty serious injury, non contact injury, uh, but nonetheless, uh, the the Raiders who Aiden O'Connell in is that who's playing? I, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. That sounds right. What what in the world? Um, so, yeah, um, weird, day. Way, <laughs> weird day in the, the league. The only reason I know that that quarterback exists is because I am playing in a fantasy football league with Allie, and I had to go pick up a quarterback because Kirk Cousins is gone from me now. <laughs> so I was like, and everybody else in our league, so just, you know, we're in a two-quarterback league. I'm like, well, crap, there ain't no other quarterbacks. There's nobody go out for? there. I know. You know I what picked I'm talking up, I picked up <laughs> Taylor Heineke, and I – so I got auto-drafted um, because I was in Ireland, and I'm really trying to make the best of my team, and I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm really struggling. But everybody – I had like five or six starters on the bye this week. Um, so that was absolutely rough. Brutal. But I am still That's slated to win, but nonetheless. And Dustin, I think you're good because you you have CJ. So yeah, he CJ. dropped like 5,000 points today. Yeah. Which is so I was happy about that. Yeah. So yeah. I had, yeah, but I had CJ and I had, so just, you know, I went and tried to go get that, but they, it was locked. I couldn't go in and get the guy for the Raiders. So I won today with starting an IR Kirk Cousins. So that should tell that, you how That's insane. Seat. 
Yeah, that should tell you how good C.J. Stroud played today. Well, yeah. and I have the I have the Browns defense, and I have Amari Cooper. So there's some other reasons that I obviously won that fantasy yeah. football game. But uh, no, it's been rough. I was just going to make a point of this. Uh, how about Josh Dobbs? I mean, I just want to point Josh out. Josh Dobbs? I mean, I mean, the guy comes back and rallies. And Alexander Madison, the Boise yeah. State running back, uh, came out today, played really well. But I got to tell you, I think Dobbs can take the Vikings to the playoffs. I'm sorry, but Josh Dobbs is smart. He's got legs. He makes smart decisions. He's a rocket scientist, literally. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I think the Vikings got something here, and they got some value in Josh Dobbs. I really do. I think they're they got lucky getting uh, that trade from the Arizona Cardinals. I think it was yeah. a great move for the Vikings. Uh, they their front office saw something in him, and they were right. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's so you can't you can't hate the guy. Like he's such a likable guy. Um, such a good good dude that just goes out yeah. and wins every single week. I mean he was a he was a fan. Into him. Yeah, he was a fan favorite in Cleveland. People liked him. Yeah. You know, he was very he was very uh he, he hung out with the when he do like appearances, the fans are like, he's great, he's fun, he's just a nice guy, one of those guys you want to root for, uh, even though yeah. he's not on your team, you know. And, and you know what I would say. And I would say the same thing about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I want him to sure. succeed in Detroit. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, just it just wasn't the right fit. The Browns drafted Tillman. Obviously, they wanted to move on and see what they had in their, you know, obviously he was also going to be a free agent. So that's kind of a 50-50. You don't know if he's going to want to come back or ask for more money. So you got to get something for him, right, uh, at the end of the day, or he walks. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I wish the best for Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, and see what he does over there in Detroit. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners, Dustin, about what's going on uh, upcoming in March? Well, Allie, it is cold in Boise, Idaho, and I am excited to go on the cruise March 11th. Guys, join us with over 17 alumni as we go to the Bahamas and uh, – is it the Bahamas? Yeah, the Bahamas and – I'm trying to think of the other island. It'll come to me. Uh, but uh, So join us on this fan cruise. It'll be a lot of fun. Allie and I will host some things from the cruise and uh, from actually the islands as well. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be a great time. It'll be a good time to interact with all these Browns alumni, get to hear a lot of great stories, a lot of fun. And by the way, it's March 11th. Last time I checked in Cleveland, it's dreary and gray and cold and windy in March. So get on the cruise, come join us and have a great time. Yeah, a um, couple things here, just some tweets that I just saw that are worth mentioning. CJ Stroud, rookie CJ Stroud, has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett. That's that's one thing to note. Um, <laughs> the second thing, the second thing, just just going back to Josh Dobbs. Uh, this is from Kevin Seifert, uh, Seifert at Seifert ESPN. Incredible stories from the Vikings locker room today. Josh Dobbs didn't take a single rep with the offense in practice. No snaps from Garrett Bradbury. Uh, has never thrown passes to anyone and didn't know most of their full names. That's for yep. next week, he said. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right. Well, he's That's smart. <laughs> he's well, Ali, he's smart. He he could he I'm just telling you, someone like Josh Dobbs versus another quarterback, the way he can dissect a playbook when it's handed to him. I'm mm -hmm. just saying a rocket scientist. I, I know this. I was around a lot of smart whiz kids in high school that were great at math. And I would look at something and be like, okay, that's gonna take me a little while to figure out that math problem. And then those other kids would be like, done. Like they had it figured out like that quick. That's how I feel like Josh Dobbs' mind works. And he processes things at such a high level 
that yeah. he's going to be able to compute things very quickly. And I saw that in the football game today too, the decision-making he was making. And when I watched some of those uh, late decisions he made down near the goal line, I'm like, he's just smart. He doesn't make dumb yeah. decisions with the football. So um, it'll be kind of fun and exciting to kind of root for the Vikings, uh, uh, you know, from afar um, and see what they do this year. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think, I think that division is going to come down be- between Detroit and, Minnesota at the end of the day. Yeah. It's going to be those two guys. Uh, let's, let's get into some questions here from George. Uh, what will it take to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Unfortunately, way too much. Um, Browns don't have that capital to make that happen. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would love it, but it's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't think that that in, in this, in our actual reality would, would, would happen. Uh, was Dobbs more impressive today than Mayfield to win with the Rams last year? Um, what do you think on that? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Mayfield came into a situation where there was no pressure. Does that make sense? Where he comes into a Rams team that is just disheveled, right? They're not going to win anything. They've only got a few wins. You insert Josh Dobbs to a team without a quarterback is a playoff team, right? They're fighting for a playoff uh, path. I think there was a lot more pressure on someone like Josh Dobbs. So, yes, I think it is a more impressive thing because the amount of pressure that was put on him to win that football game, whereas yeah. Baker's coming in to what? Just win a game? He doesn't even have to win it, technically. You just have to go out there and play fundamental football. Josh Dobbs was brought in to win football games to get the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs. So, yes, I do think the Josh Dobbs thing is a more impressive win. I think it's also a little bit hard to, to say, you know, we've obviously got the recency bias with Josh Dobbs. What ba- what Baker did last year was was impressive um, to go into Los Angeles and do what he did in a very, very similar situation. But I think Dobbs is a little bit more impressive. Um, one, because um, Baker Mayfield was a former number one overall pick. No, that's a valid um, point. He's, too, yeah. he's he should be able to do those things. Um, he should be able to. Uh, I mean, it's obviously very difficult, but but I think because Josh Dobbs. Um, was not. He was a late round pick. Um, yep. I think that makes it all the more, all the more impressive. Um, nonetheless, we've got some good games to go watch. Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a victory Sunday? No, just everybody. Uh, we're going to have a great show upcoming. Our big show on Wednesday, uh, guys. Uh, a fan favorite, Jennifer Matthews, will be on our show with a bunch of great insight as she always brings. Uh, talk a little bit of time with about her dad and some of the wonderful things that their family does in the National Football League and have done in the National Football Leagues. And then Gab, uh, a lot of you guys know her from all of her uh, in-game at every Guardians game. She's usually there uh, announcing all the things during the innings and stuff like that, and she's a part of the Big Play Network. She will be joining us as well. So, guys, a big, big jam-packed show coming this Wednesday. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun, a lot of information, and I think we'll have a good time. Yeah, most definitely, guys. We'll see you there. Um, If you are new and you're just joining us, be sure to check us out every single Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We've got a bigger show where we we look ahead to the season. We've got some fun interviews, or not to the season, but to the next thing. We've got some fun interviews coming your way, some fun segments, and, of course, our game picks. So be sure to check us out every Wednesday and then either – pre-game or post-game on Sunday, depending on the, the time of the kickoff. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns, Victor.